Lexi and I'm a self-discovery coach and yoga instructor serving people through my business Alive to Enjoy and this is Heart Snuggles, a holistic wellness podcast where I invite guests to drop into their heart space through authentic conversations and compassionate intentions all in mini cuddly episodes. Welcome to Heart Snuggles. We are so happy you're here today. And if you're enjoying this, make sure to share with friends and leave a five-star review. Today, we have a really special guest that's going to talk to us about Ayurveda. So if you'd like to introduce yourself, please go ahead. Hello. My name is Jolie, and I am an Ayurvedic wellness counselor and also fellow of yoga therapy. I'm really excited to share about what Ayurveda is and how it can be integrated into everyday life. Thank you so much. So yeah, let's give us a little rundown of um, Ayurveda and the basics and like how it also kind of relates to yoga. Ayurveda is known as a sister science of yoga. Whereas yoga is really concerned with the mental aspect uh, Ayurveda focuses on the physical, especially through uh, food and nutrition. Um, it is said to be a 5,000-year-old healing tradition, so making it one of the oldest, the oldest healing tradition that we know of, originated in South Asia, modern-day India, and is still practiced today. Um, it's really amazing how much this tradition is being integrated into even our uh, modern allopathic um, healthcare system. Uh, I think that's so cool. It's the oldest, almost pretty much oldest medicine out there. And we don't, we don't, we're not even like connecting with it. And it has so much wisdom and power in it. So what are kind of, maybe go over some of the principles of what Ayurveda is. Yeah. And even though it does originate from South Asia, it is meant to be a universal science. So uh, whether someone is a practitioner or not, knowing a little bit about the principles behind it are just so transformative and empowering. I think that um, understanding the elements, uh, which are five main elements in this particular tradition is a perfect place to start. Yeah, will you go over some of those elements? Yeah, so the idea is that there is um, space, infinite space, And this we can understand as like consciousness. So it's called Purusha. Um, It's basically the ground of everything. And from Purusha, from consciousness, uh, which is the most subtle aspect, things come into uh, physicality through nature. So nature is Prakriti. Prakriti is, um, you can think of it as everything that is material, everything in the world that has matter. So uh, Prakriti, our nature, we are nature, right? Because we are material things, we're material beings, uh, come together through the five elements, starting from ether, which is the most subtle, right? It's like we have consciousness, which moves through the ether, and then we move from subtle to more dense. So we have air, from ether we have air, and we know air because we can feel it against our skin. That's one example. 
And then if we keep going down into more uh, dense material, we get fire because now we can see fire, we can touch it, we can um, see it, we can also um, feel it. And then we move down into water. The water element is all about uh, fluidity and sort of this in-between state. We're getting a little bit more dense. We have form, but it's not quite um, everlasting, right? Water is always moving and changing and transforming. But then when we get into more dense matter, we have earth and earth is the most solid, stable. It has a definite form. So you can kind of see how that the five elements are arranged. And they're not meant to be literal, right? Like the earth element as the earth, but they're meant to work with intuitively and we kind of understand that everything has qualities. And these qualities we can find in major categories like the five elements. Yeah, it's so cool. It makes sense. Like, and you can definitely relate those five elements to so many parts of your life. And I love how Ayurveda really does that connects us with like big things and makes it like into our own practice. So what are some ways that you people could use these elements to help their overall well-being? Yeah, exactly. As you said, um, a huge idea in Ayurveda is as above, so below. And so the idea is that if you can manage your own microcosm, um, it's a mirror of the macrocosm and vice versa. So one way that you can use the elements into your life, like as a practical way, yes, is through food and through taste. So all of the elements are also linked to specific tastes and also specific aspects of the senses. And it may take some practice to kind of work your way through it, but it does get intuitive. So for example, if, um, if you're feeling lightheaded, right? That's kind of representative of the air element, like feeling heady, feeling light, it's more subtle. So first knowing where you are, right? You feel lightheaded you can use the equal and opposite to self, uh, self-treat and find balance. So I would use something that is the equal and opposite of air, which would be something grounding, maybe the earth or maybe water, because air is, it's fast moving, it's light, it doesn't have very much substance. Um, it can be very dry. So eating something that's dense, that might be juicy, that might be uh, from the earth. So I like to think of um, melons or root vegetables um, or um, anything that's going to be uh, substantial. So even grains are all great things in that particular situation. So it really is about understanding your particular nature so yes, we have all the five elements, but we have them in various degrees. So understanding your particular nature, and we do that through something called Prakriti Dosha, which is understanding your, um, what, Dosha literally means fault in Sanskrit, but we don't like to think of it as fault, but something that is um, 
a little bit heavier, right, in your constitution or what makes you. So once you know what your nature is, you kind of understand when you're off balance from that nature. So it is, it is a practice of um, introspection too, and proprioception, <laughs> and understanding ourself beyond our form. So the idea is that the mind is um, the target. If we understand where our mind is, like I said, I'm lightheaded, right? Or you might be lightheaded, whatever the situation is. So understanding how it manifests in the mind can give a really good direction into um, what the body might need, if that makes sense. Yeah, I love that. I love how it all it all integrates and like you, you have a place to like anchor yourself. I feel like Ayurveda gives me so many tools to understand myself and to like, I don't feel hopeless because I'm like, oh, there's always something I can lean on or investigate in this. Like once you, you said, like, you know, your main constitution and then you can go from there. And when something's off, there's something to combat it. There's something to help balance it out. And I feel like there's so many ways to, um, really help heal you in Ayurveda and it's so intentional. So that's so beautiful. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then with, with that whole idea of like as above, so below, um, the mind is, is also that above. It's related to the more ethereal space. It's related to consciousness. It's related to uh, the cosmos in so many ways. And so that balance, you can think about it um, in that way as well. It's like setting your mind right, the cosmos um, helps get the microcosmic form in balance, which is through, through our physiology, uh, through our body. Mm, so cool. And so what are some other parts of Ayurveda that um, if someone's really new to it would, could learn about right now? Oh, an amazing place to start is with something called Dinacharya or just daily self-care practices and rituals. Um, these are just really simple things that you do every day. Could be as simple as starting the day with um, lemon water, like warm lemon water or particular tea um, to uh, one of my favorite practices, which is tongue scraping. Me <laughs> too. actual copper tongue scraper. Uh, there are also travel ones. I'm, I'm always doing that even when I'm traveling. Um, but incorporating these like purifying and cleansing rituals or just ways to frame your day, I think, are so potent and simple. And it's really about uh, incorporating things that are sustainable because you want to be able to continue the practice. And if you do something that's you know, super involved, <laughs> it may not be super sustainable. Um, so Dinacharya practices. Um, another one I really love is called Abhyanga, which is a self-massage practice. So just the practice of uh, rubbing warm oil on the skin, uh, long stro strokes and circular motions um, before your bath, after your bath, first thing in the morning, before bed, whenever. Uh, that, just connecting with the sense of touch is so soothing, so grounding, especially for anyone who's, um, who really feels prominence of earth element, sorry, earth, air element, and needs to connect with something more physical. 
Yeah, and will you explain to us why um, Ayurveda uses oil instead of like lotion or other forms? Yeah, so the property of oil is related to uh, fire, water, and earth. And um, it, the whole idea is that it's meant to envelope you or wrap you into this cocoon of warmth. And um, oil is known to be what's called like sneha, which is um, like this loving feel, warm, loving touch. And so the idea is that, um, especially for anyone who is, like I said, air element, this more vata prominent person, um, it's like that air element is so dry and so um, expansive that the oil um, contains it, like wraps it up, um, sort of like the warm embrace of a mother type idea. That's so precious. I love <laughs> that. I didn't actually know that. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, and they can be medicated. So that's a huge reason why oil is used because it's a carrier for um, herbal uh, remedies. And um, that's how we medicate the oils in Ayurveda. Amazing. And we also talk about oil pulling. Now, oil pulling is another uh, dinacharya practice that you can do um, with your oral hygiene routine. And it really is putting about um, a tablespoon of oil um, in your mouth and swishing it, especially like in between the teeth and around the cheeks. Not only does it massage the facial muscles um, and help relax the face where we hold so much tension, but it is so good for the gums, the health of the gums and the teeth as well. And it just prepares the whole mouth uh, to receive food because digestion starts in the mouth with salivary amylase, the enzyme that starts to secrete when, um, when we put the morsel into our mouth. Uh, so just even the intention of starting that process of offering the body food from a place of purity, it's kind of a practice to leave that in. Ah, see, I just love it so much. It's just, there's so many beautiful layers. It's like, uh, that's, yeah, Ayurveda is magic. I love that, that starting with the mouth is like truly is the start to our eating. And I, it's so pretty to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I know you said tongue scraping, but I, I also am learning that a lot of people don't know about tongue scraping. So if you could explain that, because um, it's something I practice every day too, but I actually don't know the exact reasons for it. Yeah, it's one of those practice that uh, when people see me do it, they're always super curious. And then I end up uh, seeing them also practice. Um, so it's, I love modeling it. <laughs> yeah, so the copper scraper, it has two handles on the side and you'll put it as far back as you can on your tongue and um, with firm pressure, then just drag the scraper forward and you'll see that it'll start to collect this kind of, it's, it's kind of sick at first, but like this kind of mucusy or like sludge like um, what's called alma in Ayurveda or like a toxic uh, byproduct from the digestive process. So you're basically clearing that out and it'll be this residue that's hanging out on your tongue. And then once you do it, like that becomes so obvious and you can't not scrape. <laughs> Yes. And what's the, what's the value of doing copper instead of, cause I know it's, since it's becoming more mainstream, there's all these other brands, but um, yeah. Could you explain that? 
Yeah, copper is an alloy that's used tradi traditionally. Um, and the main reason for that is that it is antimicrobial and it's super easy to clean. Uh, but there are also other properties to uh, copper and why we use it also to, as a vessel for water. Uh, but that is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And you briefly touched on um, mucus, which I know is like one of the, I don't want to say bad, but like one of the imbalances of kapha. And so could you explain like what's something to do when we have a lot of mucus? Yeah, exactly. Um, so knowing, right, the quality of what the byproduct is, uh, like on our tongue, for example, helps us understand what the imbalance may be. So if it's like something that's more mucusy, mucus is very watery, but even though it's watery, it's not quite fluid. It kind of has like it's a solidity to it so that it also has earth element. And both uh, water and earth together um, are the uh, kapha dosha. So kapha um, is, if you can imagine all the qualities of earth and water kind of together. Uh, so when kapha is out of balance, then it does look like an excess of those two elements, right? An excess of water, an excess of earth, like mucus and uh, congestion. Uh, so what you wanna do is the equal and opposite, right? From excess earth and water and um, introducing heat is a really great way to, uh, in a sense, like melt the solidity that's happening um, with a kapha imbalance. Um, so a dry sauna or infrared sauna now these days would be really great, um, especially with like a diffuser, um, using herbs that open up all of the passages, sinus passages, uh, the chest, the lungs, would be really great. Um, warm compresses. Um, and it really depends on uh, the person's constitution as well. Um, if, if they're um, out of balance, what direction they might need to go, like whether something more subtle up the elements or uh, down the elements. Mm. Thank you. And if someone is looking to find a local Ayurvedic practitioner, what's a good way to find uh, one that is actually like good quality? Yeah, there is uh, Nama. That is a really good resource. Uh, and also looking at some of the Ayurvedic schools. Uh, I, I was trained at Kerala Ayurveda um, that is in the Bay Area. Uh, so they have an incredible uh, team of Ayurvedic doctors and practitioners. Uh, so those, I think, are the best places to check out. Um, I know that Ayurveda is growing, uh, but at, in California, it's easier to find. Uh, so I don't know where you're listening from, but uh, definitely check out Anama, N-A-M-A, as a resource. Awesome, thank you. And are you offering any services right now? You can definitely check out uh, more about Ayurveda on my blog. It's dailyritualyoga.com. 
and connect with me on Instagram, Daily Ritual Yoga. I offer one-on-one consultations and I also offer eight-week one-on-one program that gets you back into balance and really empowers you to incorporate some of those daily rituals or dinatrya practices into your life and move into more um, holistic lifestyle that works for your particular constitution. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here and everyone should definitely go check her out. Thank you, Lexi.